Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. As we age, keeping it simple, uh, focusing on maybe either eyes or lips and keeping that skin a little bit radiant. Again, making sure that that skin tone matches. And then if your skin is radiant, your skin tone matches and you have accentuated either your eyes, curl your eyelashes, ladies. I don't care if you're 92, curl those eyelashes. As soon as you lift that eyelash and put some mascara on, that really lifts the eye. And so even if you've got a pale lip, say you're not comfortable with a, a red lip or you feel that you've aged a lot and your lips are really small and you don't want to use that bright color, then that eye lift honestly brightens up the whole face and brightens up the eye. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. So I have got a really amazing guest for you today. It is Tahira and she is a celebrity makeup artist. She's worked with renowned people all around the world. She does loads of work on TV and film. And this episode is such an interesting listen. It just gives us so much advice about how we can update our makeup routine, how we can really simply and easily help our skin to look glowing, more youthful, how we can help our skin just to look really nice and fresh with some simple makeup tips. And let's face it, who of us doesn't want that? I also ask her a lot about little tips on things like how to do a smoky eye. And she talks us through that, which is great. I ask her about the common makeup mistakes that women tend to make, which is also really, really interesting what she says on that. And I ask her whether she thinks it's better as we get older to wear less makeup or more makeup. And she's got some really interesting insights on all of this. And the wonderful thing about it is she's very much into her ethical, very much into her organic and natural beauty products. So she's very renowned in the industry for being a leading professional in ethical makeup. So all the advice she gives are very much is from an environmental, helping the environment, helping animals, looking after our skin, just trying to lessen the amount of waste that we all use. So it's so nice to think, yes, we can use makeup, we can use amazing skincare products, but we can also do this by being a little bit mindful of the environment and of ethical issues too. So I really cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. It is packed full of tips. So let's dive straight into it now. Hi Tahira, thank you so much for being a guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing? I'm super. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. I'm so excited to have you here. And I've got so much to ask you. And I really want to start just by you telling us a little bit about how you first became a makeup artist. 
Well, I suspect that if you would ask my family, I kind of didn't become one, but rather I was born one. There's pictures of me doing my auntie's makeup when I'm, or my godmother's actually makeup when I'm three. Literally, I can send you that photo. And I would always do the little, our, my, our little friends on the street for our little shows that we would do, you know, for each other's parents. And then at about 12, I got given, you know, the kind of uh, gifts with purchase. My mom's friend had gathered a bunch of those together. And at 11, that was my first kit. So I was just, I was just always doing it. But wow. then finally went to makeup school um, while I was in university. I uh, did my course at night in the late 90s because I'm, I'm, I'm older than I feel. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, started working in salons and then moved on to film and television and kind of just keep going in, 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 in loops around all the various aspects of makeup. So it's literally like your true calling, the fact that you were doing it for three years yeah. old. I love that. Well, it was funny because I did spend my entire teenage years trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Also, in my 20s, trying to figure out what I was really going to do with my life, all the while doing it. And sort of about 31, I was like, oh, no, I'm good. There's a lot more in this that I actually want to do. So, yeah, it was quite funny. Isn't it funny how we go searching for things like that? But actually, if we just look at simply what we love doing and what we're naturally good at, it just gives us the answers so easily. Whereas we think it's got to be so hard, don't we? Yeah, I really. I remember talking to people saying, you know, you've known your whole life what you wanted to do. I wish I knew that. Yeah. And, and, and all the while doing the job that I still do X amount of years later. So interesting. And you were born in Canada, weren't you? And then yeah. when did you move over to London? So I moved in 2006. I'm from Montreal, which is in the east side of Canada in the French bit. And then I had already started working there as a makeup artist. I started when I was about 19. But I moved over here in 2006. Okay, that's amazing. And what made you sort of think, oh, I want to be in London? Was it the makeup scene, the beauty scene, fashion, style? What was it that sort of drew you to the UK? So I really, really wanted a big life adventure. Um, I think that from a really young age, I wanted to move to a big metropolis. Like I, I grew up in a city, but not a giant metropolis. And so I'd kind of made it my mission to sort of figure out again what I was going to do with my life. And I was working on a job that year, the early part of 2006, that took me to South Africa. And I had decided in my head that I was just going to move to New York because it's not very far from where I'm from, from Montreal. So I was like, right, I'm going to save all my money from this job. And then I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go and I'll figure it out. And I can always drive home if things don't work out. But then this job that I was on had to finish here. We shot here for two weeks and I was put up in this lovely central London hotel and I put my bags down and I was so excited to be here. I hadn't been here since in my teenage years. I was about to turn 30 and I walked around for two hours and I just went, I can actually literally just stay here. I have a European passport. I can just stay. And I just sat in a hotel room pre like just at the dawn of the internet so no smartphones so I went to an internet cafe googled makeup agencies cold called from my hotel room from the cell phone I'd been given by production 22 agencies in London got a meeting with two and one took me on wow and is yeah. that where you then started because I know you you now do a whole variety of things tv film um so you started with an agency and then how did you sort of go on to then doing your own thing when I had come from Montreal, I was very firmly ensconced in the film industry, but my dream had always been to work in more like photo shoots and more glamorous, more beauty and stuff like that. So I had decided that I, by moving here, I could sort of make a little bit of a break from the film work that I had been doing before. So the agency I got was uh, primarily in photo shoot based. 
So I kind of just did what, what they suggested and helped me out. And, you know, over time, over the years, you know, you, you, you realize like they were very kind to me at first, but actually after a couple of years, they weren't really serving me very well. So I moved on to another agency. But very quickly, after like a very good first six months here, I got pulled back into the film industry because that's where my roots were. That's where people knew me. And also I needed to eat. Like I, I, yeah, I needed to pay rent. I needed a job. And so I kind of kept a foot and a toehold in both. And then um, it was actually when I, I even had a film agent for a while at that point. And then at one point, um, when I had my son mainly, I kind of just kind of stopped everything, gave everything over to the gods and just sort of did mummy stuff and said, okay, when I come back, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. And actually it was, I've always been very sort of clean and green and organic beauty and ecological in my house and my household. But it was only while on maternity leave that I sort of kind of rediscovered or was exposed to the more that I was able to work as a professional makeup artist with a better for the environment and better for people kit professionally. And that point I started making the change. I sort of left my agency, kind of left what I had behind and just sort of decided to really try to do more in an ecological way. And that led to, you know, it led to a blog, it led to the Instagram. And, but my primary job is still a working makeup artist, painting faces, doing hair and makeup. That is what I love. And the loops and circles I could I could tell you about how my career has gone and my, my career trajectory is very indirect. It's very not, it's very loopy and it's not straight, straight lines. Like a lot of people see. And then like, and a lot of people have, a lot of people have those, but not mine. Not many people have those straight lines. I feel like lo- <laughs> loopy lines are good for sure. So obviously you do do a lot of the natural and the ethical and organic makeup. If yeah. we as sort of non-makeup artists, just women who want to do their makeup every morning, how would mm-hmm. you recommend that we integrate a little bit more of that ethical, natural, organic makeup and products into our routine? What would be the sort of first step you would say to take? Well, my thing would be, first of all, to look at what you have and um, in the way that an ethical, a proper ethical fashion stylist will say, shop your wardrobe. I'll say shop what you have. Look, look, like really take a good hard look at what you have. What is dead that you don't use anymore? What is something like, what are your go-tos? If your go-to is mascara, uh, foundation, concealer, all those, and kind of have a really good look at what you have. And then when those first items that you use a lot of, mainly mascara kind of thing, that next time that that one runs out, well, maybe the, at that point is a good time to choose a, a brand that maybe has more consideration for the environment or a brand that maybe, I don't know, has, uh, has you know, more natural or more organic ingredient. And it would be to change one by one as you use up what you have. So don't look at your medicine cabinet and your beauty cabinet, and your beauty bag, and just chuck everything away and start again. That's actually the least environmental way of doing it. It would be to just slowly implement change one item at a time Skincare, bath and body care is really the easiest, to be totally honest, because the choice and variety is massive. And because you're kind of not dealing with color, you can it's a bit foolproof. You know, you find the center, the texture that you like and off you go. Whereas makeup tends to be a bit more, you know, personal, individual, that kind of thing. And that's such good advice that not sort of throwing away everything, because like you say, that's like the least environmentally friendly thing that we could do. You know, it's obviously just wasteful on on so many levels. So I really like that advice is as things run out, then go and look for for what you can you can use as as an alternative. Yeah, there are any brands that that you would recommend? 
Well, there's a billion. And I, I think my first, my first other thing is to, again, this is a lot of kind of a little bit of self-reflection and really looking at yourself and your life and your lifestyle. So deciding, first of all, what are the principles that are most important to you? So are you into animal safety? And therefore, you don't, honestly, you just don't just look at a label and say, oh, it's vegan, then it's okay. Really be like, well, animal safety means a lot of things. It means, you know, not testing on animals. It means perhaps no animal ingredients or, but it also can mean that I'm going to look at the overall ingredient list. And if there's loads of like, I don't know, plastics and silicones that when I wash my face and they're going to go down the drain and affect the fishes, the fishes are animals too. So just saying, oh, I'm going to choose all the vegan products is not necessarily just kind of the only answer you kind of want to look at maybe maybe um recyclable packaging is really good is good for you because you've got good recycling facilities in your neighborhood and that is an easy one for you to do or you want maybe something that's refillable maybe refillable is a really good option for you because again that's reducing plastic waste so kind of finding your ethics finding your causes that um are passionate that you're passionate about that are important to you and then kind of working around that from there so my advice would be rather than maybe look at uh, exact brands per se, would be more look like look at places to shop that will have kind of done some of the research for you and help you uh, narrow the field of what you have to choose from. That makes sense completely. And one thing that I often hear clients say when I work with them for face yoga is that they're very much stuck in a routine when it comes to makeup. Mm -hmm. So maybe the makeup routine that they were using 20 years ago is still the routine that they're using now. What would you say for someone that says, look, I don't really know where to start. I want to update my routine. I don't want to be doing the same face and makeup as I was maybe when I was in my 20s and now I'm in my 40s. What would you say would be the the sort of place to start in terms of sort of updating and just helping skin look younger and fresher and more glowing in an easy, simple way? Um, the first thing would be Pinterest. Right. <laughs> <I think laughs> so yes. The first thing to do would be to, to decide what it is you want to change and what it is you don't like. I think, I, I, you know, when I used to work in salons, I used to get that. Or when I worked a lot with private clients, I used to get that a lot. Like, oh, I just, I'm so sick of it. I'm like, okay, so what exactly do you not like about it anymore? Mm -hmm. Are you just bored mm -hmm. and you just want to change? Or do you not like the way it's making you look? Or do you think this, these colors don't work for you? Kind of pinpoint what you don't like about it. And then look for those people who are in your age group and in your hair color group that you like, that you like their style. You like how they look and really look at them and like, what is it? Maybe they wear a bright lipstick all the time. Every time you see them, they wear a bright lipstick and you're like, oh, I can't wear that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. We're just going to find the right one for you. So find, I guess, your like makeup style icon. That would be the first place to start. Secondly, moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. And when you are done moisturizing, moisturize some more. Um, I'm a big believer in face oils. I, you know, obviously you and I chatted near two years ago, I realized. Mm. But, um, you know, incorporating bits of face massage and movement and stuff when you are cleaning your face at the end of the day, so removing your makeup. So when you're putting that cleanser on, that's an easy spot to like, you know, kind of massage your face at the same time. And then once you've rinsed or taken that off, when you're applying your moisturizer, I use face oils a lot, then you've done that massage, that stimulating kind of massage. And then as well in the morning, like I don't necessarily wash my face in the morning, but obviously I've been in the shower or I, I mean, I don't wash my face with product, like I'll wash it with water or be in the shower. And then applying my face oil, my morning skincare routine, that really is, you know, another point of, you know, getting really the 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 
blood circulating, all that good stuff to the skin of that lymphatic drainage after you've been asleep for so many hours. And again, then it would be a radiance product of some kind. So I really love that lit from within look. Yeah. So if you have a, I don't know, like a primer or a moisturizer or a face oil, or even your foundation or your base that you like that has some sort of like quote, radiance quality to it, that means it's slightly reflective. It's got a bit of glow, doesn't mean you're shiny. And I would, you know, unless you have very oil rich skin and this is a concern for you, radiance I think is the number one key so it kind of gives a bit of light diffusion. It definitely has that more youthful glow. And it it just, it looks really fresh. Definitely. And what do you think the biggest makeup mistakes that women make are generally from your experience? Um, too much makeup. Foundation that's the wrong colour, I think, is would be my number one. This beautiful country boggles my mind with how much everybody wants to be dark. Right. Um, there. I mean, I think if we're really going to embrace the variety of skin tones in this world pale people come forth and be pale and be beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So often, oh no, I need to be a couple shades darker. It gives me color. Yeah, it gives you the color orange or the color pink. Um, and I don't think that's flattering. And I think that's an, an instant ager. If you really want to add some color or like you want to give yourself a sun-kissed or bronze look, then use a bronzer, use a blush. Don't have that all over your face and kind of down your cheeks and neckline. Try to match to your skin. If you want to go like a half tone darker, absolutely. That's absolutely fine. But just then really watch your undertone because that's, especially for really pale skin or really dark skin, the incorrect undertone of a foundation really comes through. And then that can look really wrong. Definitely. And I like the idea of just like a little bit of bronzer here and there, sort of that, yeah. that sort of sun-kissed look rather yeah. than caking ourselves in makeup a few shades darker. I think that's that's great advice. Do you... Yeah, apply the, bro sorry, apply mm. the bronzer um, just wherever you, the sun would hit if you were standing up. Okay. So like kind of the cheekbones, just that little, not the tip of your nose, the tiniest bit on the bridge of your nose. Sometimes people like to do a tiny bit of, kind of above the eyebrows. If it's really, you know, just really subtle. If you don't see it, honestly, promise me, I promise you, you'll look a little bit sun-kissed. That's amazing advice. And are you a fan of makeup brushes for sort yes. of women doing it themselves day to day? Great. And what sort of makeup brushes would you say we need to be using? So we run an accredited teacher training program in the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. This teacher training program has been running for a decade now and it's a fully accredited by the International College of Holistic Medicine and the Register of Exercise Professionals. It's a full qualification that enables you to teach face yoga to groups or individuals anywhere in the world. Now, our most popular option is distance learning. This means you get to spend as long as you want studying the techniques. You get to go through each of the techniques, how to use them. You get a video for each one. You learn lots about how to teach face yoga to groups and to individuals, how to use face yoga as a business and a lot about anatomy and physiology as well. It's lovely because it means you can just fit it into your lifestyle. You can sit at home, enjoy the techniques, learn them as quickly as you like or take as long as you need to. There's no time pressure at all. When you've completed your home study, you do a written assignment, which you email through to your trainer. So you can choose to have one of our super trainers or you can choose to have me as your trainer. You get exactly the same qualification, whoever you choose. Then you speak to your trainer and decide on a time to do your Skype call. 
Your Skype call will be around 30 minutes and you do a practical assignment in this time. So you put together a mini version of a 90 minute class. It would take you about 10 minutes to teach and this is marked. And then you have the rest of the time on Skype with your trainer or with me to ask any questions and chat about anything. You also get full support throughout should you have any questions. And also you're not left alone afterwards. You become part of our Face Yoga family. So you know that you've got me and your trainer if you have any questions or any concerns. And you also get listed as a qualified teacher on faceyogaexpert.com. So if you'd like more information about face yoga, you can just head to faceyogaexpert.com, click teacher training, and it'll give you all the information on there. So let's get back to this week's episode. So I'm a fan of, of hands and brushes, I'll say. So for myself, I tend to apply obviously moisturizer with um, my hands, but sometimes I'll put like, a, if I'm using like a BB cream, a CC cream, kind of like a tinted moisturizer style item, then I'll definitely use my fingers. For anything more heavier coverage than that, so, so for proper foundation liquid or powder, for concealer, definitely a brush. I tend to do lipstick straight out of the bullet because I don't have time to do a lip brush on myself um, with a young child. And even if we go out, like I can't be bothered, but I know as a makeup artist, if I'm doing it on someone else, I inevitably will use a makeup brush. You always have amazing lips, like on your um, <laughs> on your Instagram, you've always got the most amazing sort of like red lip or, you know, amazing colour lip. Do you do that most days? Do you, is that your sort of regular routine? Would you do that in the morning? You know what? I tend to know because then I don't get to kiss my son because he goes, don't get makeup on my face. And honestly, it'll, I tend to, uh, I'll do a full face of makeup when I go to work or when I go out and I have meetings and stuff like that. But like, I've just been on the school run and to Sainsbury's and I have zero makeup on, um, which I'm why I'm glad this is audio and not visual. Don't worry, I've got no makeup on either. <laughs> um, but just another quick note on brushes though. Um, I really, I think eye brushes are really good. My tip about eye brushes would be make sure not to get any brushes that are too big for your eyes. So if you have small eyes, stick to smaller brushes. And if you have a lot of space on your eyelids and um, under your eyebrow, then you can use a larger, fluffier brush. That would be my number one tip. And another second tip is for the, there are a lot of brushes now that come double-ended and for eye brushes that are, that's really handy for your personal self, not necessarily so handy to like store in a cup on your dresser, but you can get like basically four brushes in two and it just makes it way more portable and you kind of have a full, you know, everything you need and just a very small package. That makes sense. And how about washing our brushes? Do we, how regularly would you say we need to be washing them? I'd say it depends on, on use, but say every seven to 10 uses. Okay. So if for people who use their brushes every day, that's once a week, say you use your brushes three to five times a week, say every, you know, 10 days or so. Part of it is anything that has a cream product. So anything like even I use sometimes cream blush with a brush and then the any cream product, it kind of can hold bacteria better, like more efficiently. So if it's only for your personal use, uh, definitely every kind of seven to 10 days, antibacterial soap, dish soap, Castile, you know, soap, shampoo, all those things, just gentle, you know, earth friendly soap under the sink with hot water. Always let your brushes dry flat and sticking over the ledge of maybe a countertop or windowsill so the air can go all the way through and there's no moisture staying in between the bristles. 
Oh, that's really good advice because usually when I wash my brushes, I'll either lay them down flat on a towel to dry or I'll have them, if they've got a, a sort of flat end, I'll have them standing up on a surface. But actually it's better is it to have them lay down, but sort of the head coming off the table a little bit. Yeah, because okay. if you stand them up, the moisture goes back down into the glue mm-hmm. at the base of the brush so it can weaken the, the fiber from the glue. And the part of the reason that that's bad is that means every time you wash it, you're losing fibers. And if those are synthetic fibers, that's going down the drain into the ocean as well. Okay. Um, but also, it's just not great for it to have a brush that sheds. And so if you keep them on a towel, again, the, it takes longer to dry than you're just anything with moisture. As soon as you're like moisture holding for a long time bacteria and dirt and then they can also just sometimes they just don't smell very nice to be honest so off the edge of a table all the time but if you're a professional please 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 wash your brushes every (laughs) single time yes I mean I've been to counters and I've just seen these dirty brushes there and you can clean them with rubbing alcohol which at the moment is harder to find because Mm, of the current uh, viral infection but no absolutely like every single every single time every single time every single time yes there's no that's that's a that's a absolute must for professional makeup artists definitely and something I've always been a fan of I've done it for years is a smoky eye and that's something which is so hard to master and I feel like I'm still not able to completely master it the way I'd like to how how would you say and I know it's hard to explain over for audio about this but can you just talk us through very briefly how to do a smoky eye yeah I totally can I would also direct you to two of my recent videos okay great um, no um, I've done a couple of videos on this kind of thing um some with my friend uh, who's called Karen she's N4 mummy and she's sort of the same as you love the smoky eye but just feels like oh I've got small eyes I can't do it mm-hmm. So my, this is my steps to a smoky eye. First, choose a color that's easy when you're starting out. So maybe to kind of practice or in your first like kind of foray into the smoky eye, choose a, a, honestly a light bronze, a corally bronze, a rose gold. First of all, will suit literally every single skin tone and you kind of can't go wrong. Then as you get more comfortable, you can move on to other colors. And, and tr- you know, think, it doesn't always have to be a black or a gray. You know, you can think of indigo blues. You can think of cocky army greens all those colors that kind of blend out they're a bit softer than a black or a gray and might be a bit more like fail safe and foolproof then another trick i use a lot is i'll use a matching pencil so i take a pencil say even in a um a bronzy you know a bronze or a brown apply that to the whole lid as close as i can to the lash and you want a quite a soft pencil in this case and just don't go too much to the inner corner of the eye because that always makes the eyes look too close together and then you just just pop this eyeliner on the top of your lid and even if it's a bit messy don't worry about it because then you can take a cotton bud or a very small brush and blend that out and once that's kind of a bit blended out and smoky that is going to give you the initial shape And then I would go over it with a matching eyeshadow. So say I've used a brown pencil, you can use a brown or a bronze eyeshadow and kind of tap and blend all contained within the eyelid for now. If you just keep that all really nice and clean on the eyelid, keeping cotton buds to hand to do any cleanup under your eye, under the lash line. And then if you blend that out and then you blend kind of, especially kind of in your um, more mature years, sort of or post 35, you always kind of want to blend upwards and outwards towards your temple, not your temple, sort of like basically up and out. 
again, it's, I'm, I'm using a lot of hands gestures here that I know you can't see. <laughs> I feel like um, I know what you mean, towards you the of, edge of the eyebrow, at the, the ends of the eyebrow, yeah. Just looking at yourself in the mirror, keeping it nice and clean under the eye. And then once you feel like you're happy with that top shape, then whatever color you've been using, you can do the same process really, really close to the lower lash line. So you would use a bit less messy this time, apply the eyeliner to the bottom lashes, quite neatly again not all the way in say the outer two-thirds of the eye leave that inner third of the eye closest to the nose clear and then take you know even whatever's left on your eyeshadow brush at this point and use that to blend the pencil underneath the eyelashes underneath the eye and then kind of connect the two in that corner of the outer corner of the eye and underneath your eyebrow bone so right under the brow if you take a kind of a, an ivory or a pale pink it doesn't have to be shiny. Actually, I prefer matte, to be honest. And then you kind of blend that really just immediately under the eyebrow. That will blend whatever you've had on the eyelid. And you kind of just make sure that it's all blended together. Oh, I like the idea of that sort of lighter colour just under the eyebrow. That That's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's well, a... that always lifts, it always lifts the eye. And especially if you've used like just like a matte ivory or something, it's, it's just going to kind of blend the whole thing out and make it look a lot uh, softer and cleaner. That makes sense completely. And I'm just sort of thinking of, of people when they're they're listening to this and, and my experience of just chatting to clients who are interested in face yoga over the years. And I think that people tend to, women I speak to, tend to fall into one of two camps when it comes to using makeup to help their skin look younger and fresher either seems to be people saying look I just don't want to use makeup makeup ages me I try and go without makeup as much as I can or people tend to fall into the other camp of saying look I can't go out without my makeup you know I look so old if I don't have my makeup on and what would you say to say to that which do you think is the most true statement if any of those and, and has your experience been a similar thing as well people when they're looking for their skin to look naturally younger tend to fall into one of those two camps um, I think that's a super good point I mean I've never I've not had enough regular access to people trying to change that that I but it totally makes sense what you're saying and I really hear I hear what your your, your female clients are saying so I would I would suggest this I mean if we look at this latest campaign with Helen Mirren I think as we age keeping it simple focusing on maybe either eyes or lips and keeping that skin a little bit radiant again making sure that that skin tone matches and then if your skin is radiant your skin tone matches and you have accentuated either your eyes curl your eyelashes ladies I don't care if you're 92 curl those eyelashes as soon as you lift that eyelash and put some mascara on that really lifts the eye and so even if you've got a pale lip say you're not comfortable with a, a red lip or you feel that you've aged a lot and your lips are really small and you don't want to use that bright color then that eye lift, honestly, brightens up the whole face and brightens up the eye. And, you know, a little blush goes a long way. Conversely, if you'd prefer to focus on your lips because you're like, oh, I've got all this droopiness, I've got this creepy skin around my eyes, do your eyebrows. Because again, as soon as you've defined that top part of your face, you've lifted it. That's what people are looking at. And then just make sure you get your lip shape right. Choose a great bold color that you love, that's making you feel good about life, that is going to make you happy. And then just put it on. And the main key for me is as long as it's not wearing you, if you want to wear all, the, there's a beautiful Instagram account called, um, I'll have to find it. It's called age something. I'm going to find it for you. 
These are fabulous women, fabulous women from around the world who look amazing with makeup, without makeup, in these fabulous styles because they're entirely themselves. So some women, you know, the Iris Apples of the world are wearing loads of makeup late, but they've applied it well. It goes with their overall style. Like, you know, they wear big chunky jewelry. They wear big accessories and big hats. And it works really well for them. Other women feel and have always been very more, you know, Jill Sander, very pared back, very graphic and simple. And just a sort of bit of makeup, a lick of mascara and some lip balm is good for them. So I think really figuring out your style that works best for you, carrying that through your face and your hair, just will, you know, shoulders back, tits up, go forward, go with life. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got some creepy skin around your eyes. Who cares? Yeah, completely. And it is how you feel on the inside, you know. And as you know, we did that that lovely blog together on face yoga, you know, mm. very much the the base and the core of, of my face yoga is about feeling good on the inside. And actually, it doesn't matter if you've got a line or wrinkle here and there. It's about learning to feel good about yourself and be the best version of yourself for the age you are. You know, even with face yoga, I'm never trying to say, well, actually, we all need to look 21. It's not about that at all. It's about how can we just look and feel the best version of ourselves for our age? Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, it really saddens me to see people fall in the trap a bit of there's a pressure. There's definitely a pressure. It's very much for women that um, by a certain age, you still have to look like this Mm -hmm. or after a child, you still have to look like this or look at her at 50. She looks amazing. I don't look like that. There is a lot of that. And, um, you know, God, I fall into it all the time. And of course, you know, I'm seeing that gentle, the gentle lowering of my jowl. I had to change my eyeliner probably about six, seven years ago now because the outside corner of my eye had started to fall and the way I did my eyeliner had to change or else I would get a little jump. I'm not in love with these smile lines appearing. I'm having a hard time with that. That's not amazing. But you know what? Like, it is really about very taking a very, very clear look at ourselves and also accepting Saying, what about, you know, you know, having the courage to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, but also just being like, you know, there are so many other better things to be doing with my time, my money, my day, my worry, my headspace. Really, I'm going to worry about that line on my face. Yeah, exactly. No, man. No, there's there's more. There's there's more to it than me. There's more to life, definitely. And it is, I love your description earlier of, you know, shoulders back, tits forward, you know, yeah. that whole, it is just about confidence. And that is the most beautiful thing in someone. We don't, I mean, on ourselves, we notice every so-called imperfection or little line, but other people don't notice that. And particularly if you're walking into a room and you're feeling confident, you're acting confident, that's what makes you attractive to people. It's what makes people want to talk to you, be around you. And, you know, like you say, the online here and there, it's not its not what we want when it comes down to it, but there's bigger things in life to worry about. There absolutely is. Yeah, and also, like, I, I mean, I recently had the absolute pleasure of helping a friend of a friend who has lost a lot of confidence and has age. And sort of, I, I literally, uh, when I first met her, to just show her some stuff about makeup and what she could do for herself super easily. It was like dealing with someone whose shoulders were down, whose shoulders were slumped, the lip corners of her lips turned down, the, her head, their entire head was tilted downwards. Everything was crawling into herself. And, you know, she has had some hor- horrendous life experiences and, and I can so see that. And I know that a little bit of pink lip gloss is not going to fix it. So it's not up to me to say, wear this lip gloss and it's going to make you look better. Cause that is absolutely not the point. However, we can talk about 
let's going to use this skin thing. We're going to use a bit of this moisturizer. We're going to use a bit of this glow. We're going to use a bit of this blush. And we are going to use this pink lip gloss because you like it. And by the end, it was literally like a flower blossoming because it was like someone else came in and said, I think you're amazing the way you are. You're not feeling good about it. So here are the little things that you can do to, when you look at yourself, you feel that value of yourself to take that five minutes a day to add that little bit of lips gloss. And it's that giving yourself that value of that five minutes. That's where the, the core of the confidence comes from. Completely. That I am worth that five minutes or that 10 minutes or that 15 minutes. So, you know, it's not about being self-indulgent in our self-care. It is about valuing what is important to us. Because the truth of the matter is if it hadn't been important to her a bit about how she looks, if it had been about something else, then me dipping some makeup would not have had that, that beautiful blossoming. It really wouldn't have. So I, I get that sometimes it's going to be about the makeup and sometimes it's going to be about something else. But the fact that she saw it was possible to look different and thereby feel different. You know, there is, an, there is a war paint aspect to it. There's a, um, I'm going to put my confidence on my face and on my jacket and on my clothes, and I'm going to pretend to be confident. But the thing about pretending to be confident, even or pretending to value yourself, is that suddenly a little bit of that tends to trickle in. And you just go, actually, maybe I am. And it, it does have a positive psychological effect. There is tons of research around this. Definitely. I say that all the time with affirmations. Throughout my new book, I wrote um, sort of one page affirmation. So when you're reading, you stop and you pause and you say this affirmation to yourself three times. And a note that I wrote at the beginning of the book was, it doesn't actually matter if you're not completely believing that consciously, as you say. So say the affirmation is, I am strong or I am beautiful inside and out. Even if there's a part of you that says, but am I, or, or doubts it, or doesn't feel completely comfortable. In time, it just starts to trickle into the subconscious and it starts to become a new narrative and it starts to replace that old narrative that we've become so used to, to speaking to ourselves and to saying. And it will start to very gradually replace that if we, if we dedicate ourselves. So there's definitely something in that almost pretending to ourselves and pretending to the world for a while, as long as it's not too forced or too fake it is mm. worth doing that you know we need to do that that almost little bit of sort of fake it till you make it really it, it definitely does help absolutely and also I think if you do manage to catch yourself um, which is the first key catch yourself in a moment of being like oh I look terrible because of this I feel terrible because of that just ask yourself why are you being so mean to yourself I mean I had to have a moment this morning I'm not going to sit here in line and say like I'm always super confident all the time no man I have massive wobbles. Yeah. I'm hormonal too. I am female. You know, and, and I, I, I did have a moment with myself this morning going, oh, why are you being so mean to yourself? Yeah. You know, and, and there's generally not a good reason. No, that's uh, not. And, 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 and so it is sometimes that I'm just going to change the narrative exactly as you say. Um, and right now I don't maybe 100% believe it, but I'll just, I'll just keep slogging away because I 1% believe this and then it's five and then it's 10 and you just as you say repetition really helps definitely and that awareness you know even the fact this morning that you were aware that that's how you're mm. speaking to yourself I always think that that's so important even if it is just that awareness and almost sitting in that space of saying look I'm being negative this morning I'm being I'm feeling uncomfortable I'm feeling 
unwell or tired or whatever it might be, that awareness Mm. alone can be enough to just say, well, let's just go through this. Let's let it pass. Let's use any Mm -hmm. tools that I've got. Maybe if it feels right at the time, if I want to use my affirmations or I want to, you know, do my makeup that morning and then it it will pass. But awareness is, is so key. Yeah, that is super true because being able to name it actually helps you face it and then, um, you know, make, make a plan or make a deal with it or like, I, you know what, I'm going to stay mean to myself because I'm feeling really low, but I really need to get to this meeting right now. So I'm going to shelf this yes. and I'm going to go to my meeting yes. and I'm going to shelf my, my self annoyance and I'm going to go smash that meeting and then I'll deal with me later. Definitely. So, so true. Now, before we finish, can you maybe just, well, but I say before we finish, I've also got some little quick fire questions for you. But before we get on to that, can you just let us know a little bit of about some makeup trends for 2020 and things that are really accessible? I know you work a lot on TV and film and with celebrities, um, but something that we can just do when we're doing our makeup in that five minutes when we're rushing around in the morning and trying to be a little bit on trend and starting to, to be a little bit sort of in fashion for spring, summer 2020. Well, I would say that one of the best things is the return of the lip gloss. Okay. So we've had our big, bold matte lips for for all these years. And the lip gloss has been returning on the catwalks and in magazines kind of slowly for the last couple of years. But I'm seeing, I mean, and we've seen a lot of these uh, in the past couple of years, these liquid matte lipsticks and in a wand and all of that. Well, in that, that, that was the originally that lip gloss format, but it's returning to the gloss. So, I mean, long live the gloss. It is such an easy way to um, a apply a bit of lip color it's so portable it's a bit foolproof like I don't even use a mirror if it's going to be gloss I just kind of do it on the bottom lip as I'm like probably literally walking and then smush my lips together and then just run my finger over the cupid's bow to eliminate any from going up over the top of my lip and then sort of off you go and you know for you know for the spring summer having you know those uh, corals and pinks are good um, I think some cooler tones are going to be in fashion. I'd have to double check. But the one thing I'd say about cooler tones is that, um, especially as we are getting more mature, they can sometimes be a bit harder or harsher, whereas a warmer tone will be a bit more soft and kind of uh, easier to wear, less, you know, just more flattering. Amazing. I love that a gloss is coming back. I'm all about the gloss. Uh It's funny because I almost have two types of makeup routine. I have my day to day where I'm seeing people in real life. So whether that be friends, family, I'm doing workshops or events in real life. So that's much more of a, a sort of glowy, dewy look on the skin, a lip gloss on the lips. Whereas when I'm doing filming, which I tend to do at least three times a week, it's much more of a um, a few bases with a powder. It has to be much more of a matte lip because those, as you know, those those sort of shiny, um, slightly sort of glowy, dewy doesn't work quite as well on on camera. So I have have both, but I love that that whole sort of that spring look of the nice glossy lips and the cooler tones and the and the dewy face. I, I love that. So I'm like, bring on spring for sure. Ready for it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Another quick one is that um, and, and if you want to update that sort of smokier eyes, you can just add a tiny bit of like, there was a lot of like little bits of sparkle 
around the eye. So you can use a shimmery shadow. You don't actually have to go, go for the glitter. Say, you know, if you're in a corporate environment, glitter on your eyes is not necessarily the way you want to go. But like adding a bit of a, a, a shimmer or like a silvery or a gold to obviously the inner corners of the eyes is always good, but even just to the eyelids so that when you blink, there's a bit of that catch of light that can be really attractive and is is uh, definitely the way forward. Love that. Amazing. So, Tahira, I have a few quick fire questions for you here. Are you ready? I'm ready, ready. Okay, ready. so I just want you to say whatever comes to mind straight away. So, first one, red lipstick or nude lipstick? Red every time. Smoky eye or neutral eye? Smoky. Cream cleanser or face wash? Uh, cream cleanser. Toner or hydrating mist? Uh, ooh, similar but different, mm. actually. Hydrating mist. Serum or oil? Oil. Sheet mask or cream mask? Ah, uh, see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the wastefulness of a sheet mask. The cream mask can sometimes be a bit too heavy, but I have to, for environmental reasons, say cream okay, mask. Okay, okay. <laughs> strong eyebrow or a strong lip? Both. Y- Together. <laughs> Yoga or gym? Uh, Yoga. A late night and a lion or an early night and an, um, an early night and an early rise? A late night and an early rise. Oh, love that. (laughs) (laughs) Minimal sleep and the maximum makeup in the morning. (laughs) Okay, so your favourite food. Oh, my favourite food, like one food item or cuisine? Whatever, whatever you like. Well, my favourite food overall has to be my dad's cooking, because that's who cooked growing up and uh, his, but uh, Vietnamese food. Nice. Favourite drink? Oh, um... Negroni or gin and tonic. <laughs> Your favourite colour? Ooh, I'd, I'd say red, a good red. Okay. Your favourite skin product? Face oil. Your favourite memory? Do you want a brand? No, don't have to. Well, you can give a brand okay. if you like. If there's one that you want to recommend. It's very luxurious, but the Van der Rohe face oil is one of the best for sure. Great. Your favourite memory? anything to do with traveling with my parents when I was a child they they traveled with me a lot so nice your favorite play your favorite place favorite place Sardinia oh lovely and your number one tip for self-care be nice to yourself yes be nice yes yes be nice be gentle just have have the awareness have don't be mad at yourself if you're mad at yourself be nice definitely and to hear if people want to get in contact with you and follow what you do how can they do that so the best place to find me is on instagram so it's at tahira underscore makeup um, and I've got that same handle on Twitter and Facebook, although I'm very much less active there. And I do have a blog called beautybytahira.com. And if you're looking for anything, there's um, like a search bar at the top, but all the posts are kind of listed there. And I've just started trying to make it. A lot of people were asking me how to make it better to shop my Instagram. So I'm doing a whole page on that. So if you see posts that you like the look of, then it's going to be easier to click from now on. Amazing. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Tahiri. You've been such a lovely guest. And I feel like we're all just going to go straight to the website and look at your videos now and learn how to do our smoky eyes. So thank you so, so much. Oh my God, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And yeah, you know what? If people have requests or I'm always looking for inspiration and to actually answer real questions. So please get in touch um, either by DM or, you know, you can click the email. It's very easy to find me. And thank you so much for having me and have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you and you.
All right. Bye-bye. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.